0: As you walk into a grocery store and you walk along the outside walls, that is likely where you're going to find many of your fresh fruits, veggies, and meats. And as you walk in the center of the store and you start walking down the aisles, you'll find things that come in boxes and bags and prepackaged. And they probably have lots of toxins and additives and preservatives that not only make the food tastier, but also increase the shelf life so that they don't spoil in the store. This is where you find many of your traditional unhealthy processed foods. And many people think that these processed foods are toxic and poisonous to the human body but are processed foods really killing us let's find out welcome to episode number 51 of the made to excel fitness podcast i'm your host mark torres and today's episode is going to be a contentious one the topic of processed foods is very divisive in the fitness community And depending on your thoughts on it prior to this episode, you might strongly agree or disagree with the contents of this episode today, but hopefully you come out of it with some new information because I don't think there's any right or wrong here. I think one side might speak more to you than the other side, but hopefully you kind of have enough information to make your own opinion at the end of the show. So as you heard in the introduction, you might have learned about the grocery store setup at some point in school or maybe online somewhere, but for the most part, Most grocery stores are set up pretty similarly. Obviously, there's going to be differences from store to store. As you walk into the store and you make a hard right or left, you might find produce. That might be the first thing in the store. Fruits and veggies right there at the center or on the sides along the wall. And then it goes into the meats and the dairies. And there's probably a freezer somewhere. If I'm thinking about my local Wegmans here, right as you walk into the door, it's directly ahead of you that's the produce section. That's where the fruits and veggies are. It's not necessarily around that outside wall because if you've ever been in a Wegmans, you know that the outside walls prepared foods and there's a sub shop and the pizza shop and even a bakery in some of them. So the outside wall is not a tried and true steadfast rule for everything. Not everything you see along the outside wall is going to be healthy. But for the most part, produce is right there. And then you get to the meat in the back and then the dairy and the freezer. But in the back left corner of this particular Wegmans is the beer shop. So obviously not everything along that outside wall is going to be healthy. So I think, you know, for the most part, if you stayed along that outside wall and you did all your shopping on that outside wall, you would definitely leave the store with much healthier foods in your cart than if you went down the center. Because down the center in the aisles, that's where you're going to find things like your chips and your cookies and your more processed foods. And now you may be vague on what the idea and what the premise of a processed food is. And I think a really good rule of thumb to think about is think about when cavemen roamed the earth. If cavemen had access to foods, they were probably pretty natural. So as you go into the grocery store and you're looking at fruits and veggies, these are things that cavemen probably had. Some nuts, some seeds, and anything they could possibly hunt. So when it comes to protein, pretty much every meat was accessible to a caveman. But obviously, cavemen weren't walking around and just stumbled across a field of Twinkies. Twinkies are obviously a processed food. So anything that the cavemen didn't have access to is probably pretty processed. Pretty good rule of thumb as you're walking through the grocery store to kind of pick and choose the foods that you try to buy, whether they're processed or unprocessed. And I think to a certain extent, uh, even the natural foods can be processed a little bit. You never know What kind of chemicals are being put on your vegetables to make them last longer in the store, things like that. But for the most part, uh, those things are minimally processed versus something like a Twinkie, which is highly processed. So that's a really good rule of thumb. If you're ever wondering, think about what a caveman would eat. Think about the Geico commercials. So as we kind of start to dissect the processed food debate, there's really two distinct camps here. So there's people that believe in a holistic diet and there's people that believe in a flexible diet. So I'm going to try to play devil's advocate for both sides, try to tell you the pros and cons of both sides. And then at the end, you can make your decision. So if you follow a holistic diet, you believe that most of your foods should be consumed in their most natural state. So obviously, there's going to be lots of fruits and veggies, lots of nuts and seeds, and lean meats if that's applicable to you. Obviously, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, that's not going to be applicable to you. Um, And when it comes to like, More fatty meats, of course, cavemen had access to them, uh, but from a health perspective, trying to limit the amount of red meats and fatty meats, I should say, that you eat is probably in your best interest, but that's a topic for a different day. So for a holistic diet, trying to eat everything as naturally as possible, which obviously doesn't leave a lot of space or any space at all for processed foods. And really, if you believe in a holistic diet, you might believe that processed foods are very literally toxic and poisonous to the human body. And I think there is some merit in thinking that because when you look at the rise in processed foods, because it's a relatively recent rise, it's only been around for a hundred or so years. You look at the rise in processed foods, and then you look at the rise in obesity rates. You look at the rise in preventable disease rates, preventable disease being like heart disease or blood pressure or cholesterol, which is mainly, and for the most part, preventable via your diet. Of course, there's a genetic component here, Bob Harper, Biggest loser, personal trainer, inevitably has a very clean diet and works out all the time. He still had a heart attack. There's obviously a genetic component here that comes into play. But for the most part, it is a preventable disease. So as obesity and preventable disease rates increase, so does the rise of processed foods. So it's very easy and very logical to make the jump that A plus B obviously equals C. And then even furthermore, there was a study very recently that showed that some additives that they use in like Pop-Tarts and Cheez-Its can lead to a compromised immune system, which means it's going to be harder for you to fight off sickness if you're consuming a lot of this additive, if you're consuming a lot of Pop-Tarts and Cheez-Its. So there's obviously a grave cause for concern when it comes to eating processed foods. Is it negatively affecting your health? Is it literally poisoning you from the inside? So I think the biggest pro for a holistic diet is it comes from a place of positivity and it comes from a place of the ultimate health. If you're a holistic diet, you think that the ultimate health is achieved by consuming foods in their natural state. Processed foods are poisonous, they're toxic, so stay away from them. So it really comes from a place of helpfulness and love, which is really great. And then on the flip side, you've got the flexible dieters. And for a flexible diet, it's really there's pretty much going to be a couple metrics that you want to hit. The main one is going to be calories, no matter what. There's going to be a daily amount of calories that you want to hit. This number is going to be different for everybody. It could be 2,000 calories, let's say. And then if you want to take it a step further and you want to get a little deeper into it, you could have macronutrient daily goals as well. So a daily goal for your protein intake, a daily goal for your fat intake, and a daily goal for your carb intake. Additionally, with the calorie intake for the day. Obviously, the more metrics you try to hit, the more complicated your diet will get, and the more counting you'll have to do, the more puzzle pieces you'll have to try to fit together. But the real big pro of a flexible diet is the fact that for the most part, as long as you hit all of those numbers, all your daily goals, the contents of your diet doesn't matter too much. So let's say you're not worried about the macronutrients part, and you're only worried about the amount of calories that you consume, and the calories is 2000 calories, you could feasibly eat nothing but Ben & Jerry's, less than 2,000 calories per day, and you're going to make progress in terms of weight loss, which is obviously not the most healthy way of going about losing weight. If you're doing the macronutrients, obviously if you have a protein intake goal, you're never going to hit it just eating ice cream. So depends on how into it you get. But you could very feasibly eat nothing but Ben & Jerry's and lose weight, and obviously your insides would rot pretty quickly. So obviously not the best way to go about doing it. So I think the biggest pro for the flexible diet is the fact that it's flexible. If you're having trouble adhering to a diet that's very restrictive and you're doing a really bad job at eliminating, because I don't think eliminating works all that well anyways, if you're having trouble adhering to a diet, a flexible diet where you can still eat the things that you enjoy every once in a while and continue making progress, is going to do wonders for your adherence and your sustainability going forward, and the ability to stick with a diet in the long term. And it's going to increase your sanity and increase your happiness if that's something that has been an issue for you with other diets. Um, but I really think that the main con for both of these diets, because it's the same for both, is the fact that it is a scale, right? The scale tips in one way or the other. When it comes to processed foods, There's a little bit more nuance. It's not black and white per se. Like drinking bleach, that's black and white. No matter how little bleach you drink, it's going to make you sick. No matter how little bleach you drink, it's a bad thing to do. Um, Obviously, drinking a teaspoon of bleach versus drinking a gallon of bleach are going to have very different effects on you. One will probably kill you. One will make you sick. Then, you know, either way, it's still bad, right? But the effects of it are obviously different. When it comes to processed foods... You don't really run into that particular scenario. If you are a person who lives to be 100 years old, and you've only eaten processed food once in your life, on your 56th birthday, you were morbidly curious as to what a Snickers bar tastes like. Don't know why Snickers, but here we are. And you live 44 years after that, right? You had a Snickers bar on your 56th birthday. It was great. You never did it again. Was that Snickers bar a downturn in your health? Did it negatively affect your health in that moment? Probably not. Probably wasn't the cause of your death at 100 years old. So, in that particular scenario, processed food, not toxic, not poisonous, like a sip of bleach would be. Um, so, what is the point, right? What is the point? What is the uh, tipping point of that scale? How much processed food could your body handle before it actually starts negatively affecting your health? Is it once every 50 years, once every 20 years, 10 years, five years? Is it once a year? Once every six months, once a month, once a week, once a day. What's the point? At what point does the scale tip in one way or the other? Nobody knows what the answer is because the answer doesn't exist. It's going to be different for everybody. When you use the example of the Snickers, obviously it's a sugary treat. So somebody who's a diabetic and can't handle sugar very well, their body doesn't do well processing it. They're going to be able to handle a lot less Snickers bars in their life before it negatively affects them from the health standpoint than somebody whose body processes sugar pretty well and pretty efficiently. It's going to be different for everybody. So when it comes to finding that tipping point of the scale, it's kind of like a good example is the city of Chernobyl, high radiation levels. There's probably a point far enough from the city where you're probably safe, but you're kind of towing that line. You're probably not going to get radiation sickness. You're probably not in any real danger. But why even bother being that close? Pick a point far enough away that there's not even a thought in your mind that you're in danger, right? Same thing happens here. If you can decrease the amount of processed food that you're eating, that there's absolutely no chance that it can negatively affect your health, why not do it, right? Um, But we don't know what that line is, right? So being super sure is obviously going to be your best bet. So when it comes to if you eat processed food once a year, you're probably pretty okay. And I'm not a doctor, this is not medical advice, so please don't take it as such. I'm not smart enough to be a doctor, but you kind of get the gist of it, right? One processed food a year, probably nothing to worry about. Even one processed food a week, probably nothing to worry about. But knowing the way that grocery stores are set up, there's almost very little to no chance that you're not eating processed food a few times a week. So working on reducing it and keeping it in check to a certain extent is probably going to be the best ultimately for your health goals and your fitness goals going forward. So I think that ultimately at the end of the day, it's kind of obvious that I sway one way over the other, right? I much more align myself, especially if you've listened to many episodes of this podcast uh, and you know that I'm eating ice cream all the time. It's pretty obvious that I sway towards the flexible dieting side. I think that's a really good metric. Um, But you might listen to this and say, man, holistic diet sounds pretty good. Holistic diet sounds like exactly what the doctor ordered. And I think the biggest part here, the biggest problem here, I would say, is the fact that these are two different opposing sides. And every opposing side has its extremists. And once you start to deal with extremes, things can get a little kind of sketchy, right? So from a holistic standpoint, and a holistic extremist might say you absolutely cannot have any processed foods in your entire life or it'll kill you which obviously you know if you live 100 years and you only eat processed food once that processed food probably didn't kill you from the flexible dieting viewpoint that's kind of the biggest indictment of that diet style is the fact that when people listen to that and when people think about the flexible diet people think that you are encouraging them to eat like shit and i think that most people in the flexible dieting community will agree that the majority of your diet should be made up of natural whole foods, fruits, veggies, and lean meats. And every once in a while, if you want to have a sweet treat and things you enjoy, and it'll still fall within your flexible diet, it'll still fall within the metrics that you set yourself for that particular day. There's no harm, no foul. You're still going to make progress. You're still going to get healthier. You're still going to lose or gain weight, build muscle, whatever your particular goal is at the moment. You're still going to make progress, but people think uh, the holistic diet is like all or nothing. The flexible diet is all or nothing. When you deal with extremes, it's typically not the answer. The answer is probably always somewhere in the middle. Like I said, there's a scale. We don't know where that scale tips. Nobody knows where the scale tips. I don't think you should try to find out where that scale tips. Stay far away from it. Just know that there is a little bit of leeway. It's not all or nothing. Nothing is ever all or nothing except for drinking bleach. Don't drink bleach. It's not a good idea. But really, at the end of the day, it's your decision to make. If you align yourself with the holistic ideas and that sounds like it's good for you, by all means, be a holistic dieter. That's great. It's a great decision. If the flexible diet makes sense to you and you've struggled with other diets in the past, by all means, be a flexible dieter. Whatever works best for your lifestyle is ultimately what's gonna be best for your fitness progress and your health and your sanity going forward. Hopefully that made a lot of sense. Processed foods, probably not killing you unless you're overdoing it. If you're eating processed foods all the time, if you do nothing but eat Snickers or Ben & Jerry's or pizza or Twinkies or frogs like Baby Yoda does, uh, actually, I don't know, if frogs are not processed. Probably not good though, but if you're not overdoing it, probably not killing you the answer probably almost always lies in the middle hopefully you enjoyed the show i'll see you guys in the next one peace out what's up mark how you doing man hunter henry la charger tied in uh best big time shout out to your uh fitness pro- podcast the made to excel fitness podcast so um super cool man got a lot going on bolt ganger don't bang